What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Modern Day Sniper Podcast with uh, me, Kalen, and uh, Mr. Phil. And it's been a while since we've hung out with you guys. Um, we have had a very busy fall and into the early parts of winter. And um, we are really, really striving to get back on a regular routine with you guys. So bear with us on this. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on. But for those of you guys who are uh, first time listeners to the Modern Day Sniper podcast, just to give you a little background on who we are, what it is that we do and why we do it. Um, this podcast is dedicated to uh, the modern day riflemen and their journey as they learn to discover new things about themselves and their equipment and their path to being the best rifleman that they can be. So whether you're a hunter, whether you're a professional, uh, whether you are a competitor or an enthusiast, there's going to be some content in here for you to consume and to sit with and chew on and marinate and then come to your own conclusions. So we're all about finding our own truths here. So with that being said, welcome to the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. What's up, Phil? Long time no see. Yeah, really, right? Literally. We just got, back, mean... <laughs> just got back from Texas. It's been a blast, man. That was a, that was a fun week. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, but I want to talk to you guys a little quick, a uh, little bit real quick uh, on some housekeeping stuff and and kind of sitting sitting back and, and reflecting on how the year's gone because we're it's so bizarre to realize and recognize that this year is literally it's almost gone, right? Like yeah. it's really really crazy how fast things are moving, um, and it just goes to show that if you just blink, you know, just for once, it's gonna flash by and it just keeps going faster and faster. Um, but man, we have had a really really insanely big year. Um, and it's been something that like, I, I don't, I couldn't imagine, uh, us being able to accomplish what we did in, in this short amount of time. So I just wanted to reflect on that. I was thinking about it today and just going, wow, man, there's been a lot that's happened in the last year. You officially rebranded Kalinsky to modern day sniper, uh, November of last year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. November of last year. Or was it October? Was it October? Um, I want to okay. say we, we started, did making, we start our podcast, uh, January? Yeah, we started our podcast January. So we're coming up on a year in the podcast too. Okay. So, um, I was just actually doing the math. If we can get one more in before the new year, uh, that'd be 36 cause this is 35, I believe. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that'll be three at least per month. So we're not, our, our, tra our track record is not too bad, right? Cause I think there was a, there was a, like, maybe a month and a half stint where we didn't, we didn't have any. Yeah. That was kind of, up bits. <laughs> we're really sorry, man. Um, and so like, that's something that we need to explain to you guys too, as part of this housekeeping stuff and, and us being um, accountable to you guys, because, you know, we are accountable to you guys and um, you know, we're growing really fast. And, and with that growth, we see something, we say, yeah, man, we want to go do that. We want to do that. Um, so we got to figure out how to do it though. And that involves using a lot of technology that involves using a lot of uh, platforms that have to communicate really effectively with each other. And it's a huge learning curve. Um, and so like, I'm, I'm no tech guy, I'm no IT guy, but like I can do a lot of crazy shit with technology right now that I didn't, was not able to do last year. Uh, and it's a result of just kind of saying, okay, man, well, we want to do this. So let's, let's fucking do it. And we'll figure out how to do it. And I think we did that with the, 
with the way that we did our online training this year. That was our main goal this year was to release the online training platform and, and get that up off the ground and show people what it was that we were capable of in terms of bringing a learning platform straight into your door, into your device, into your hand, that is going to be, damn it, the, the next best thing to be in there, right? That's what we wanted to create. And um, I, I, I think from the feedback that we've, that we've gotten, we've succeeded in doing that. And even with that said, there's always room for advancement and improvement. And we're constantly looking at ways to do that and, and make that experience better for you guys. And so I think it's just, it's pretty bananas that we got two free courses um, and now uh, three paid for courses. The modern day rifleman virtual summit, that was freaking bananas. Like being able to pull that off was awesome. Um, the people that came together to pull that off was, were just incredible. All like-minded individuals that had just really good information to pass to people. And I was just super stoked to see the whole thing come together. And, and here we are, we bring, we bring Phil on board to the team, um, which was um, a bold move, right? It was a super bold move. And, <laughs> uh, but it was like, you know what, it's, we're just going to fucking do this and figure it out. So that's what we're here to do. And I think that's what we did. You know, the, the coolest part about, you know, when people ask me, Hey, what I'm doing now and stuff like that, especially around town or even my family, like, Hey, what, what are you doing now? And I tell them, you know, Hey, modern race snipers, my full-time thing. And they're like, that's cool. You know, they're like, how did you even, how did you even, you know, start that with, you know, your, your, your partner. And I was like, actually it just started off as a podcast, you know? Um, and, uh, it's just crazy that we just, I mean, we wanted to talk about sniper things. And honestly, I didn't even think about, I would say three years ago, if you would ask me like, Hey, you think you'd be self doing podcasts? Like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everyone that's, that's uh, hung through all my uhs and ums and all my pet words. I appreciate you guys. Uh, <laughs> there it is. There's another, uh, <laughs> but um, no, I appreciate you guys. It's, it's, it's super awesome. We, I, we appreciate the support. I think it's super cool that, you know, Kalen was able to absorb me this year because I mean, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, if you look at kind of where Kalen's been and his, you know, background of, of, of uh, you know, being in this industry, it's tough to even just support himself in terms of, um, you know, in the uh, level of uh, the momentum of classes or the op tempo, right? Yep. Uh, and that's one thing that we wanted to achieve with modern day snipers, try to figure out, okay, how do we not kill ourselves on the road, right? Because, you know, Kalen and I are both our fathers of, you know, um, 10 and, and um, 11 year olds where that, for those that have been parents, you know, we know that that's prime time, you know, for, uh, for kids to really be, um, you know, trying to figure themselves out and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to be home a lot more. Um, and uh, it, it's amazing that because of your guys' support, we, we were able to grow the team and, um, you know, uh, and it's been awesome also, also having uh, Cass, uh, your wife, uh, AKA Gunny, <laughs> to, uh, to hold us accountable because, you know, all of, like all of modern day sniper in terms of like ideas is in your and I's head, right? It's like, we have this, we have all of the, like, Hey, what direction we want to go in terms of like ideas. And, you know, this is how the courses are structured. And she's literally, you know, doing emails and, you know, driving the train. Yeah. We came up with that. <laughs> 
we came up with the 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 loving in term of endearment of the gunny. Uh, oh yeah, she thought it was a bad thing at first too. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It, it was like, no, 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 no. This is this is actually a, this is a really good thing. A good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, Especially kind of understanding. So the company Gunny is, you know, the the guy that pretty much drives the company. And uh, typically, I'd say ninety nine percent of the time, he's just super fucking cool, dude. And you know, when when company Gunny is trying to get shit done you don't fuck around with company gunny and because he's just earned that respect throughout the whole company and in, 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 of the Marines, mm-hmm. when he does scream at your ass, it's, it's not like a oh, fucking game. I asked you, it's like uh, yeah. the, uh, the feeling of disappointment, right. Yeah. Of like, man, I let down gunny. So mm-hmm. that's where the term of endearment of, you know, gunny came from. It's like, oh shit, you know, Cass, <laughs> you want something <laughs> we've been telling her hey we'll get it to you and fucking two like two weeks later she's <laughs> like hey remember that thing when you said that you were going to do that yeah yeah so it's um it's it's really cool too because being able to work together um you know as a team uh, is is kind of like a, it's a family thing right and i've done the family business thing and that can go not so well if anybody's done that family business thing before like you know that that's like not even that's not the easiest thing to do so this has been a this has been a a really cool ride excuse me it's been really fun and um just learning new ways to communicate and, and learning the power of the tools that we have at our fingertips of you know uh you know we're looking at our industry and it's kind of behind the times when we start comparing like the way other industries um, communicate to their customers. And so I'm, I'm excited to, to do things a little bit differently and, and, um, take a different path. And one of the things that we just recently figured out was, you know, this whole webinar thing, um, did, well, dare I say, figured it out. We're just about to do our first one. And, you know, some of you guys might've heard about what a webinar is and I've heard about it before, but we've just never done one. And once I learned about what it was, I realized, man, this is a really cool way to communicate with people and connect with people and, um, and get groups together because it's, it's learning a a new way and, and bring a new capability to our, um, our, our repertoire, so to speak. Um, so we're going to do this really cool webinar guys. We're going to do a webinar that, um, kind of, so a webinar is basically like a a virtual uh, presentation. That's, that's all it is. We're going to do some teaching for a couple hours of your time. And while we're teaching, we're going to be talking about, you know, what, what it is that makes us who we are in terms of our ethos and in terms of our background and where we're coming from. Um, there's going to be some information in there about, you know, fundamentals and how important they are. And really this is about your journey and your path as a precision shooter and talking to you about how we can help you get there. Um, and help you unlock some new things inside yourself that you might not have um, understood or tried to explore and just give you a new way of thinking about some things. And so we're pretty stoked about it. And um, we, uh, you know, it comes on the heels of releasing Introduction to Long Range Shooting, which is our third installment this year of our online school, which we are really, really happy to, to bring that to you. It's like the it's like the end of that initial trilogy, right? That first, the first trilogy of the core foundational principles. 
And that's kind of what we're going to talk about in the webinar. And um, we're just super pumped to be able to, to do something different and bring it to you guys that way. Yeah, the, the webinar is, is, you know, allows essentially them to figure out what drives us to become modern day snipers. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's a, it's an endless journey and Cass brought up a great point. You know, it's like the journey just doesn't stop once you, you know, for instance, you know, my mule deer hunt, you know, I was successful on it, but it, it doesn't stop there. Right. It's like, I, I know I've got multiple hunts coming up in the future, hopefully. And yeah, you know, the, the, the goal is to continue on the path of, you know, hopefully, uh, making sure that. Uh, you know, every shot that I take, it's the only shot that I need on game. And, you know, as a competitive shooter, again, you know, winning a match doesn't just like, doesn't stop me there, right? It's again, continuous, continuous journey of, you know, being the most well-rounded modern day rifleman that I can uh, in all aspects of, of the, you know, practical arts of long-range shooting. And um, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be great, especially for those that, that come along for the uh, live webinar to um, ask questions. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, we're going to kick that off, guys, on Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So mark your calendars. Um, we're going to have a link here on the podcast so that way you can get registered for it. Um, we just want to know how many people are coming. So that way we have an idea of how many, how many questions that are going to be fielded towards the end of the webinar. So um, really, really pumped about it and super, I mean, we just want to see you guys there and um, pass on some more information to, to you guys that want it. So, um, but the other part of this podcast that I'm super excited to share is our experience that we had with, um, with our brethren last week uh, down in Texas. I had, like it was such a badass time. It was, it was an awesome class and great group of dudes, small, you know, pretty fairly intimate, right? Not a huge number of students to, to navigate and negotiate with. Um, and then of course there's shooting at rifles only for a week, which is always badass. Yeah, no, it was super awesome to, you know, come full circle in terms of, uh, you know, being actually being the first Marine unit down there in 2011, Mm -hmm. uh you know and that's cool going there and, and learning from jacob to refine my skills as a sniper and then nine years later coming back and and sitting next to it or standing next to him and you know instructing with him was super cool so you know just to give a big background guys uh you know jacob bynum offered uh his facility to us at modern day sniper when it when fourth recon uh, the unit that uh, we trained asked us uh, to train them and um and that's super generous of uh, jacob and then uh, lindy sisk thank you uh for donating your valuable time uh even though i know you're tired <laughs> and, and you know this is you know this is what you do but uh, it was just super cool to to learn and, and build my um diagnostic toolbox or, or just build my vocabulary and, and uh, in terms of how to get stuff across uh, to the guys, you know, and, and what's, what's beautiful about it is that we're all on the same page, you know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the cadence and stuff like that, you know, I don't think at, at any point in time, I knew any of us ever contradicted each other. And then even, even a couple of times, you know, Jacob pulled, pulled me off to the side. He's like, Hey, so say that one, one more thing again. And then kind of just, uh, 
you know, reconfirm with me uh, some, uh, you know, some principles that I'm, I may have mis uh, misspoke, right? He mm -hmm. understand what I was trying to get across, but understanding he knows it from a student's perspective of what they're receiving, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it made sense to him, but he's like, hey man, just keep in mind, like, it might not make sense to your students if you deliver it that way. So I thought that was super cool. I think that's really important to to touch on because <clears throat> I think in um, in our world that that type of constructive criticism can come across in in the in the wrong way, um, and like we should be, be we should be kind of policing our own, and yeah. but there's a there's a way to do that right there's a way to do that by like posing a question or you know basically don't be don't be passive aggressive about it. Right. Yeah. Just, just be like, Hey man, that's kind of weird. I didn't, I've never heard that before. Can you help me understand where you're coming from? That yeah. way it's like, you're, you're able to educate yourself because Hey man, like you don't know everything. None yeah. of us know everything. Yeah. Um, and we have to always be open to that or else we are, you know, or else we, we, we should not be standing in front of people stating that we're the authority if we're not willing to live in those shoes yeah yeah no it was uh it was cool because you know that just whole experience right from driving down there 24 hours um yeah man that was you know, listening shit. to podcasts and listening to book I, you know i finished dead center by ed kugler uh listen to audiobook if, if you guys haven't uh, read that book i highly recommend it it's a uh, by one of our Marine sniper brethren, older older generation from Vietnam, talks about his experience in, in Vietnam. And uh, so that was super cool. And, and, and the goal when I was sitting down there was to get in that headspace. Cause like we talked about, you know, unless you're in it every day, you know, immersed with teaching gunfighters and stuff like that, you lose that kind of sense, right? Lose that edge. Yeah. So, um, you know, driving down was, was perfect because it allowed me to get in the headspace that I needed to, in order to, you know, remember what it was like to be in the shoes of those, you know, uh, young snipers and realize, Hey, I didn't have all this Gucci gear that I have now. Right. I would consider Gucci gear in terms of like, you know, nice freaking, you know, uh, rear bags and tripod and, you know, binos and range binders and stuff like that. It's like, I mean, really, all I had was a sand sock when I went to rifles only, and maybe a sling. Right. You know, as a, as a as a young junior sniper, and then everything else was issued, right? So bipods and, and whatnot. So, you know, remembering, hey, what what can I when we facilitate this instruction? You know, making sure that I'm 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 being honest. Hey, this is what your system is capable of, and you know, this is how you can make it work not just like, Hey, go out and buy fucking shit. You know what I mean? Or go buy the, the fucking latest and greatest to be more effective. It's not, it's not about that. It's using what you have and being as most effective with it as you possibly can. Yeah. Which is what we always talk about anyways on our, on our podcast. Yeah. It was good to go down there and kind of see how those guys were, were actually thinking that they were going to operate as snipers and seeing what, um, the, what the, their thought process was, which was just interesting. Um, so you want to just start, I guess we can just do, so this is gonna be part one guys, uh, cause you know, we were there for six days. 
Uh, so we'll probably cover the first three days uh, with you guys. That'll probably lead us into the end of the episode, and we'll we'll, we'll follow up with the, with the second episode on kind of the culmination and, and uh, you know the evaluation that we did to those guys. But um, pretty much, we showed up on day one, and you know certain Marine Corpsisms, right? When you when you get there, and this is one of the things I was like I was kind of smiling about because I'm still kind of green of getting out. You know, I only got in 2018, so. Um, I had some like little knee jerks when uh, Larry or Master Sergeant Connor would be kind of yelling at his guys like, oh shit, you know, is, is he talking to me? <laughs> and I was like, I had to like be like, oh, <laughs> nope, that's not me oh, that he's talking about. <laughs> I'm a fucking nasty civilian now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is. You just go, oh man, well, oh, yeah, I don't have to do Firewatch, man. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was, that was, you know, that was pretty cool. But, um, you know, day one, we, you know, Jacob goes through his rifle safety brief, uh, you know, which is, I mean, it's super important to talk about safety and, and, and honestly, it's like, it's an elephant in the room, but it's gotta be addressed. And I don't think it's ever talked enough. And, you know, I, I think, you know, just safety. I, I just, I just saw recently, and this is maybe not a, a, a really maybe safety thing, more target, um, target identification, but a, a, a father just shot his son on a hunting trip. But again, I think that's not not dealing with safety, but, um, but uh, you know, well, there's a story that just popped up <clears throat> on hunting where a, a dude shot his best friend because he uh, he shot him in the chest. Yeah, that actually, believe it or not, man, that um, you know, being new to the hunting world. That actually happens in um, in the East Coast and the Midwest quite a bit because you're often hunting in really really tight you know tight quarters in terms of the the vegetation and um, like yeah it's that happens um, and it happens a lot like people um, I've I've heard I've even heard of people shooting their shooting family members with a with a bow right I mean any of you guys that are bow hunters out there we all know that um, that killing something with a broadhead is believe it or not 10 times more lethal than killing it with a bullet in a lot of senses because it just it, it bleeds so fast and there's nothing that you can do um so yeah it's um it's safety is super important it's very very important yeah so after uh, jacob does the safety um we just rolled into kind of introductions of ourselves um and you know just kind of the housekeeping stuff uh and then you know we never actually got to have them because we were just so not a time crunch but i think we were just so excited to get out to the range but you know we we asked them hey what does it mean to be a volunteer um mm -hmm. and throughout the whole week we never we just let we just let them do all on that i guess yeah and uh you know, we went straight out to a fundamental eval um, and, uh, that was one thing that I learned at Jacobs and, uh, when I went there in 2011, like he was, we didn't have ammo yet. He was pulling like 175 Sierra match Kings out of a fucking plastic bag to have a shoot five rounds. And again, because of how green I was, I was like, oh, I don't think we should be shooting this out of this, out of this 40. <laughs> we were shooting at eight, eight fives at the time. Right. I was like all right well i'll just shoot five rounds and then man let's talk training scars bro so all Dude, we shot, yeah. uh we shot uh, all 10 of them shoot and um 
I think Doc got down and shot five rounds. It was the first mm-hmm. thing he ever shot. He just wanted to be like, hey, you know, I'm shooting. So we had uh, 10 actual shooters. So we went through a fundamental eval and essentially um, we saw some nerves kind of kick in because, you know, me, you, Lindy, and Jacob were all watching, right? Um, and let's talk some training scores, right? The training scores of, of, you know, the institution with regards to, uh, you know, handling a sniper weapon system. So the very first thing that I'm just going to say is brass checks. <laughs> yep. So what is a brass check? Brass check is when you essentially uh, feed a cartridge in and then uh, you, you know, unlock the bolt, pull the bolt slightly back and with your finger, you press to ensure that you seat it around from your magazine inside the chamber and then you close the bolt. Well, I could see that being the first round of a, of a magazine, but not every single fucking round. Yeah. And that's what they were doing, right? They were like, and it was almost like they're terrified. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're like, fuck, uh, I want to get thrashed. Right. And it's just, and that's really what ends up happening. It's just like, well, you're, you're doing it just to do it. It's like that stupid, silly, uh, look left look right on the on the pistol carbine range right search and assess and it's it ends up just being this like head flick left and right and you're just like well what did you see did you see anything you saw something but did you process what you saw right and that's where you know those press checks it's almost like it's nervous energy that that's causing that to happen right um well i don't know what to do so i'm just going to go ahead and do this because i think i should do that so i don't get thrashed so I can see how that, um, that can rapidly turn into a training scar. And, and it was really cool because once we said something about it, it went away. Like, yeah. it was almost like, it was almost like, oh my God, thank God I don't have to do that anymore. You know? So, um, but then they were doing press checks when they needed to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was the first, the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly yeah. the way it should be. And, and honestly, there's, there's, I mean, with, with how awesome it, it, this is modern, like with the, the, the 40 and the Remington 700, it's like, no, that, that's a fucking positive engagement. Like you feel that shit. You feel the difference with running a, a, a bolt, you know, yeah, on the empty chamber versus. Especially uh, but, if it's the first round out of a full mag. Yeah. Um, but I would say uh, like this action that's sitting behind me, especially on like rounds five or six, you know, halfway through, it just speeds mm-hmm. so smooth that it's like, oh shit, I, did I fucking load one in there? Right. Right. So it's getting to that point, but you can still, uh, you know, a shooter should be able to tell a difference, right? When a round is feeding and when it's not. Yep. Uh, and, and on a 40, it's, it's for sure. Like you can fucking tell that it is or not. So, mm-hmm. you know, just, just be cautious of that, you know, for guys that are listening that are, that are currently active duty, you know, um, and I get it, you know, I'm not trying to, Cause I was in that shoot too, right? Of the fucking being instructor. It's like, Hey, whatever your instructor say, you know, do it. But if your instructor listen to this also think about right. The, the negative effects that this training scar can, can, you know, do in the future. So, uh, the next thing that I have written down here on my notes for the fundamental eval is rebuilding the shooting position after every shot. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. also got cleaned up throughout the rest of the week. Yeah. But and- you know, <clears throat> go ahead. It's, it's one of those things where it's, I think it's just that it's a reminder, right? It's a reminder. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got to do that. Um, 
And I think, I think some of this that contributes to it is the next point that I wanted to bring up here too, is, is the grips on the rifle. We saw like there was every single person got on that gun and, and they had either, they had that, that weird like tip of the fingers touching the front of the grip, like, and they're not even touching anything. They're basically just like resting their thumb um, and then pressing the trigger. And you can see the rifle under recoil. The hand remains still and the rifle moves rearward. And you can tell that you're just like, well, no kid that then yes, you're going to have to rebuild your position after every single shot. And I know exactly where it comes from. I, I know exactly where it comes from. I watched the video and it does, it didn't make any sense to me then. And it still doesn't make any sense to me now. What I'm, I'm, I'm missing out. What is it? Is it a, is it, is it a Magpul video? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a certain Magpul video. And it's like, it's like, dude, you're, you're, you're losing control. Now, first and foremost, the only way that that's ever going to work is if you're going to free recoil the rifle, right? Or if you're going to be able to load into the bipods and create, uh, and create that, that connection to the upper body through the load of the bipods. But if you can't load the bipods and then, yeah, you're basically, you're going to touch your rifle to the shoulder or your upper body, but without any rearward pressure from the grip, you're losing control. You don't have the ability to adjust the cant of the rifle. If you're in a weird shooting position, you know, you don't have the ability to uh, maintain control of the rifle through the process of recoil. Right. And so, yeah, you're going to rebuild your position after every shot. All right, guys, I'm just going to throw this out there. <clears throat> if you've watched, you know, those Magpul videos, not the ones that Kalen was in, but the other, I'm not going to say who, who was a part of it, but you guys would know what I said. Is it the Art of Precision Rifle? That's not, that's not the one that you did, right? You did the number two? No, it's the Art of the Precision Rifle, yeah. Is that the one that you did? Yeah, I got, um, I had I had another DVD on it. I had, oh, so there's, I two, set, there's two DVDs. There's two DVDs, yeah. Okay, so that first DVD that does not involve Kalen, yes. I highly recommend that you completely data dump. But you know that <laughs> Men in Black movie, where, where they, right, where they, where they, where they, uh, where, where they meet someone and then like they don't want them to remember anything, so they flash them. Yep. That's what I want you guys to do to yourselves. <laughs> flash yourself with the shiny thing, <laughs> and just go back to pre the the art of uh, you know uh, precision rifle. Uh, volume one. Yeah, it's. I'm just gonna leave it at that. It's not. Um, you know, that's that's not a fundamentally sound technique, guys. Um, and you know, you guys understand our position on the whole free recoil thing. And the the fact is, is you know, we're shooting rifles this last week there that you cannot free recoil those things. It's not going to yeah. work out well for you. Um, it's just not, not that. Just shooting a mile with a fucking. Yeah, it's well, and that's the that's the other thing, right? So you gotta you gotta basically you gotta basically make some sort of a weird ass excuse that oh you can't touch the rifle, right? That's why you're not hitting with a 308 at a mile consistently because you're touching the rifle. It's whatever. But none that's another part of this training scars, guys. That's another part of these training scars that that's like that information has been pushed so so far down y'all's throats um, that it's like it's looked at as gospel and it's actually really, really, really silly. Um, and you're actually wasting your time. You know, you're wasting your training time trying to, f trying to make sense of all that, you know, bullshit bill of goods that you got sold when in the meantime, you should be training how to be a gunfighter with a scoped rifle. Yep. Period. 
the, it's like when, when the rubber meets the road, none of that shit's going to help you. So we get, I, I get super, I get super fired up about it because like, I understand what it's like. I know what it's like to do that shit for real. And I know that that stuff is not, it's not how the brain works. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really good timing too. Cause just like releasing the intro, intro to long range course where you start debunking a lot of these, a lot of these myths where you're like, Hey man, do you really think that you missed that target because you didn't account for spin drift? Really? Or did you miss that target because you didn't get the wind right? Those are the questions that are like the super hard truths that nobody wants to acknowledge because they're trying to sell you a widget. They're trying to sell you a, a solution to that problem. Um, when, when in reality, the problem is, is we have to learn the process. You got to learn the process first. Um, you know, when one of my buddies who I put through cyber school, he was um, Steve Holland, if you listen to this, I remember when you reached out to me and you were like, hey man, I'm gonna be an instructor at uh, first EOTG, super excited. You got any you got any recommendations? I was like, dude, question everything. Mm -hmm. Even question the shit that I taught you. Um, and that's just gonna what's gonna make you a better instructor. Yep. Uh, you know, find your own truths and uh, don't be afraid to uh, not have the answer. Mm -hmm. Right. The worst thing that you can do is fucking play it off and, and think that you're this know it all. And either that the, the student's going to see right through you or he's going to carry that shit to the fucking grave. Yeah. Of like false information. <laughs> he's going to take, well, he's going to, he's going to ride that horse right into the gates of hell. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, that's, that's one of the things that it, it, you know, for guys that are looking, you know, if you listen to this and you're looking to pick up an instructor role, right. Uh, which I get um, uh, every now and then guys messaging me in like, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm about to be an instructor. What's your recommendation or what's your, you know, what advice you, you, you got me into, I came in, question everything that you were taught, right. Uh, find your own truths and just like, it's, it's okay to go back and just re-verify and figure out. Cause again, what works for me might not work for you. Um, you know, there's certain things fundamentally wise, uh, I would say that, you know, are pretty black and white, you know, mm -hmm. natural point of aim, bone support, muscle relaxation. But in terms of like, you know, let's say our eight common factors, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? That for us, we teach that as what that's our kind of, uh, you know, checklist and stuff like that, how we flow. But we, we, you know, encourage you guys that are listening to this, you know, is, is build your own eight common factors. Maybe there's, a, maybe you guys are only applying seven and mm -hmm. you know that works for you. And maybe you apply it in a different order. That's great. You know what I mean? But just use the eight that we talk about as, you know, um, a, a, a reference and that's all that's all we're doing here is sharing our experience with what we found has worked for us and, and, and the students that we've taught with that stuff but you know the last thing that we do want to you know say that all oh, this shit's fucking gospel it's not and we're not we're not inventing anything that wasn't done fucking years ago you know in terms of market fundamentals of marketship yep. I would say that we're just kind of uh, uh, we uh, we're just figuring out different ways to say the same shit yep it's bizarre too because the way that you the way that like i look back on just like learning how to shoot um right like learning how to shoot rapid fire the 300 yard rapid fire right at at the rifle range marine corps boot camp right um 
like you learned that when you built your position and you stood up, like you don't move your feet. You're in this stupid, weird, fucking crazy position because you know that as soon as I sit down, if I, if I sit down exactly the same way that I, that I just snapped in with, I'm not going to have to do shit. I'm going to have to shoulder the rifle, settle into the breath, and I'm going to start pressing the trigger and bullets are going to go into the black. Like that's the way it works. There's no escaping that. And those fundamental principles are like, you, you know, you get away from them or you try to get away from them. And then you realize, man, yeah, it's a lot easier if I just go back and do the shit that I know works. Yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> apply the fundamentals marksmanship. And, yeah. and and that's so cliche to sound, right? It's like, oh, it's the fundamentals. It's like, you know, uh, I, I can't. And, and it goes, it just goes to, you know, by the end of day three or four, because we got in positional shooting. By the time we finished four, I mean, we told those guys, hey, there's nothing more that we can teach you that's directly going to apply to your job, right? Um, you know, that that is you know applicable to what you guys are going to be doing as as operational snipers mm -hmm. um you know because they're already kind of fundamentally sound at that point right because they, they you know it, what's nice is it, i'd say it only took a, a day to bust rust yep right and um that that first day a lot was the reaffirmation or you know maybe some slight tweaking which we'll get into actually you know so what slight tweaking in in terms of uh rifle to shoulder connection and, and rifle setup, right? So that was one of the things that um, I was a little disappointed that they did not do was take the time on uh, day zero to grab, to own a rifle, right? And be like, okay, this is a rifle that I, that's that's mine that I'm use for the week mm -hmm. and I'm gonna set it up to myself. Um, so if you guys are listening to this, you know, uh, and, and actually Connor uh, Reese, um, mm -hmm he called me at the end of the, at the end of the training when I was actually uh, on the way up to see Nicole, he's like, Hey, I just, I forgot to say this to you. Um, I just came in my head, but you know, one of the questions that you asked at the beginning of the course, what's the difference between a, a newer shooter or a, a novice shooter and an expert shooter. And he said, you know, the difference is um, day zero prep. Mm. Uh, you know, an expert shooter should have already done his dry fires, his rifle setup on day zero prior to day one, which is, sure. I think is freaking smart. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's, I think it's a little different when it's a civilian course because obviously the rifles are already set up. But, you know, for a Marine Corps course, I know how it is. It's like, especially considering they were reservists, it's like they just really pulled those guns out of the armory. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but, what I told them too is like, Hey, don't just settle for pulling that rifle out of the box. And he's like, just dealing with the way it is. It's dealing like, with the way it was before you got it. Exactly. It's like, make it work for you. You really know where the bipods need to be in order to fit on a barricade or what. So like, you know, if you get a new rifle and the fucking bipods are pulled all the way back because it's on the, you know, um, key mod, which is a fucking global ass mounting system. No offense, but <laughs> You know, you got that that key mod. I don't uh, know why they did that. Like, I yeah, have no idea why that, they did that. Yeah, if you got the key mod of the Mark 13 pulled all the way back, and you know that you won't be able to fit, you know, a, a standard barricade or a bag in there. It's like move it forward, right? Don't just fucking deal with it. Um, and then your length of pull, right? We talked about, uh, you know, no one kind of knew what their length of pull is. Uh, even Galen on day one, 
Um, and he's like, what, what, he was like six foot three, six foot four. I mean, he was trying to shoot off of a length of pool that was fucking 13 inches. I was like, dude, that's not going to work out for you very well. Yep. Cause your, your wrist was all bent and yeah. It's he's, just, trying, he's trying to pull his head back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, important stuff and it gets lost. I think it gets lost in translation, right? It gets lost yeah. in the mix. Yeah. So, well, you know, day, day zero prep is, is super important for you guys that are listening. You know, if you guys are getting ready to go on a course, it's like, Hey, if, if, and it, it, it happens, I would say, to, to, to non-team leaders um, that don't own a rifle in their unit, right? It's like, let's say you got a brand new sniper, and it's like, all right, this dude, after he gets done with sniper school, we're going to send him up to mountain. Mm-hmm. So then, hey, this is a gun that we're going to send up with him, and it's fucking team force, team leader's gun, but he's with team two, right? He's fucking point man, whatever. That fucking sniper, the very first thing that he should do is what? Fucking set that gun up for him. Don't just yep. fucking, you know, don't just pull it out of the box and be like, oh, this is the way it was set up. Mm-hmm. That is a fucking shitty excuse. Yep. Well, now that the guns are adjustable, right, it's just another thing that needs to get added into into the mix, you know? Yep. It's another thing that gets that needs to get reinforced and says, hey, actually, you can do this with this. Like, you, you can set it up. You can adjust everything and make sure that it's fit to you properly. But then again, it's like those, those the training scars, um, you know, think about how many people, well, that's why we needed to build the circle of components course because very few people were coming prepared to in-person classes with a rifle that was properly set up, eye relief properly set, um, and an optic that was mounted securely uh, to, the, to the rifle. Right. So our number one failure for everything in courses is pretty much optic mounts coming loose, um, either from the rings or from the bases to the to the receivers. Number one. And then the next is action screws. And these are all things that are super preventable if you understand what to look for. And if you are taught like, hey, this is this is really important from the get go. This is really important to look at. Um, there are some things that it's funny because there's some things that they're really, really hyper-focused on that, that it's just like, dude, none of that, like, that doesn't matter. Like yeah. the, like the torque on the, the torque on the badger rings, like yeah. with the, you gotta have the, you gotta have the, the torque wrench. Like, dude, that is like the last thing you need to worry about torquing. Like fucking yeah. tight, tight is fine with that. Um, but you know, not your action screws stuff, stuff like that. And, um, or just them knowing that, you know, there is a possibility of an action screw coming loose and it's actually quite higher now that you have an all aluminum chassis, right? So there is a possibility that that's going to happen, but can you even do that maintenance? Oh man, dog, I'm sorry. You can't touch that. You know, that's a huge bummer, but it's a, it's a big, it's a, it's a failure point that you need to be aware of. Kaylin and I could sit here and I know, you know, I know it's like really enjoying the fuck out of this podcast right now with Solowinski because he's always <laughs> hounding me like talk more sniper stuff. <laughs> Matt, you got what you want, bro. <laughs> and I'm drinking, I'm drinking some freaking box wine, homie. Damn, I'm gonna be ranting all freaking night, bro. <laughs> Damn. Anyways, anyways, so con- continuing on, uh, the uh, the next thing. So at the, at the day one, we didn't leave the hundred, uh, mm-hmm. which was cool. Um, obviously, that's that's just standard for us, right? Uh, so we we got rifles set up. Um, you know, we. We pulled their rifle scopes off. Uh, There's a couple that we had to adjust, but you know what was super cool was when all the rifles got set up, 
all of these scopes were pretty much sitting in the exact same spot on the rail. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Because that's, that's pretty typical. That's what that, I guess that's what you should see, you know, once the length of pull is set accordingly based off right. of that shooter's ergonomics. Well, that, so that's the other thing that people don't realize is like that scopes eye relief is set like for whatever magnification optimal yeah. eye relief is always going to be whatever that measurement is three, three, whatever inches. Um, the shooter's ergonomics is what changes to be able to put your face, yep. you know, in the position to achieve optimal eye relief. Like that's it. That's, 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 that's the only thing that changes. Yeah. But, but before, before we did the rifle setup, you know, you'd have guys that will have like super short length of pulls and they push their scope way far forward. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And to, uh, to accommodate for, uh, you know, the improper length of pool. And then they're mm -hmm. just fighting their gun the whole time and stuff like that. So I thought that was super interesting because right after we did um, the uh, fundamentals class in the morning, uh, you know, we rolled straight into circle components where uh, Lenny and I took all the guns and we just made sure all the, the scope levels were zero or all, all the scope levels. Not surprisingly or not, uh, surprisingly, all the guns were pretty level. Mm -hmm. uh, there was maybe out of the 10... Um, only four. So that, I was actually super surprised um, that uh, that that was because, you know, armories are pretty fucking scary. Uh, you know, you know, do, did you know that the uh, the T, is it TM? The TM manual for armors, the fucking level of scope is to put an RCO on the fucking, um, at least this is was when I was in, put an RCO on the fucking, um, on the foreign. <laughs> on the fucking night rail. Yeah. Night vision rail. Uh-huh. And level the scope to that. Swear to fucking God. <laughs> wow. That's that's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, I, 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 hopefully it's changed, but that was that was when that was a nightmare that I was dealing with when I was an instructor. Uh but yeah. yeah. But again yeah. it's a, it's that it's that um it's just the the continual regurgitation, right? And so yeah. what it comes down to is like is constantly looking outside for new ways of doing business right because yeah. it's super easy for this stuff to 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 like really grab a hold of an organization and sink some deep fucking claws into that thing and hold it down um we that's what's that's what's really prevalent in the law enforcement community and it can be really prevalent in even active military communities provided those units are either a um not uh, exposed to any outside thinking um, as a result of maybe funding or um, uh, I wouldn't even say like, yeah, it's like lack of initiative. Right. So we constantly have to be able to figure out, all right, dude, what is it that I don't know? Like it's been a while. What's been going on in this community? Cause I know that there's, I know that there's dudes out there that are super, super smart with this stuff. And so we should probably start looking for that, right? So there's that, but not every unit's going to have somebody like that. So, and we have to realize that. Um, and we got to break that. We got to break that and we have to re reinstill that in, into the, into the people that are the, in the leadership roles to say, all right, dude, we need to look for outside. We need to constantly look for outside help, not necessarily help um, more along the lines of just be a trained observer watch see what's happening within the community see what's see what people are doing and how they're manipulating the rifles 
figure out like what are the trends, what actually works, and how can I take what works there and apply it to what I do in a professional capacity, right? That's what we should constantly be doing. Um, and I think sometimes that can get lost, right? That can get lost in the mix. Yeah, and I don't want to sit here and berate, you know, and be like, oh, this is all fucked up, you know, because I just, I just I know, know how it was. And I just, I just want them to, to know, you know, that obviously we care, but you should just never settle for, for, for less, you know, and I guess just simple things like that rifle setup, you know what I mean? I just feel like it's, you know, if you tell me that you're a sniper, I would assume that you know how to set your rifle up that, that it's based off of your ergonomics. Right. Um, and yeah, so, you know, take, have some ownership, take accountability of that. And it's like, Hey, all right, I gotta, when I get my rifle, set it up, you know, if I, and if you're a fucking pig listening to this and you know, you get a rifle, don't just because the rifles are adjustable, right. You know, make that rifle work for you and know your settings. You know what I mean? That's what's mm -hmm. nice about the, the, the rack system or the, uh, the Remington defense um, chassis. It's like, you've got those, um, those markers there to let you know, Hey, this is what, you know, I'm four out and three up based off of my, um, like the pull in my cheek weld. So, yeah, like I can jump on one of your, I can jump on one of your guns and set that whiskey three up exactly like mine in about 15 seconds, right? It's like, bam, 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 done. Oh, that feels like my gun. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, we didn't leave the hundred on day one, but I had this written down, uh, which was super cool because on day one, what, you talk about is neural pathways. There's no such mm -hmm. thing as muscle memory. Yep. For everyone that's going to get butt hurt, going, oh, oh, oh. so in day one, our goal is to create neural pathways. Our goal on day one, and this is even with our PR101 guys, mm -hmm. our goal on day one is to build new habits for you guys to to start uh, the you know flow of unconscious competence. And you know, one thing that I learned the other day, I was listening to a class your brain processes 7,000 pieces of information a second. Your brain can only focus on three to four things at a time. Your goal is to, you know, because again, day one, the PR 101, you get shotgun blasted with information, right? You get fundamentals, marksmanship, natural point of aim, muscle relaxation, bone support, breathing, trigger control, all that shit, right? You're like, oh my God. And it's like, okay, what, what can you focus on? So when you guys go to the range next time, try to focus on just one thing at a time. Pre-shot. Mm -hmm. This is all pre-shot too. Day one, we focus all pre-shot. Post-shot doesn't matter yet, right? Because we're not shooting that distance. So we're, 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 we're talking everything before the shot. So we're talking bone support, muscle relaxation, setting up your natural point of aim. Once you get that dialed in, then you go through your breathing, right? Hey, how's my breathing? And what you're doing with your breathing is you're verifying, okay, is my, is my position fucked up? Because uh, Larry asked a great question. Well, can you identify through breathing if you've got a compromise in your shooting position? Yes, you can. Yeah. And I think you go through this in fundamentals marksmanship uh, mm -hmm. with the trigger cam, you know, yeah. it's like what you should be seeing if you've got a good rifle to shoulder connection as you're breathing up and down is that reticle moving straight up and down the Y axis only. Mm -hmm. You start to see an angular movement in that um, uh, 
inside that, uh, that, that reticle, it's because you're creating angles somewhere in your body. So definitely check your shoulders, check your elbows, um, because your body is not perpendicular to the line of board. And then if you got what I call dragging is when you're, you're kind of doing like a zigzag as you're breathing, it means you're not supporting babies off because you're trying to bring that reticle back to uh, its natural you know, resting spot. Um, so you got breathing, you got your, you know, then you got obviously feeling your grip, your load on the bipods, uh, rear pressure on your shooting hand, right? So all these things that you're, you're trying to focus on, you know, and we can only really focus on three things at a time, right? And the reason why we want you to focus on the pre-shot is because, again, the shot hasn't happened yet, right? There's no, there's no point in thinking about after the shot in terms of recoil management and recovery if the shot hasn't gone off, right? That's anxiety that you, you talked about, right? Anxiety is things that, mm -hmm. that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. So neuropathways and uh, <laughs> Jacob, you know, and what was cool with the, the, the way we flowed in terms of like being able to talk to these guys, because all four of us were there, you know, and it, it wasn't overwhelming. And I thought that was, was, was good. Like it wasn't just us four telling stories about fucking, you know, bad shooters. Right. Yep. You know, we would just like, Hey, do you have anything else to add on that? And, and, and Jacob, if anything, if he had something to add, he would add something super important. And he brought up <laughs> neural pathways and brushing your teeth yep. with your support hand. Mm -hmm. Yep. That was so pretty if anyone's ever been to Jacob's class, he, he talks about, okay, well, you want to learn how to build neuro, uh, new neural pathways. What you're going to do is you're going to go tonight. When you go brush your teeth, make sure you bring your safety glasses and put those bitches on. <laughs> and then grab your toothbrush with your opposite hand that you normally brush it and then brush your teeth. <laughs> day one's gonna be a fucking nightmare, but I promise you at the end of the freaking six days training days, you'll be a fucking master at it. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. It's truth. It's there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and that just has that has to do with just capitalizing on how the freaking human body learns and sticking with capitalizing on it and working with it, not against it. You're going to get, you're going to go farther, faster. And, um, I think, I think those guys really figured that out. I mean, I thought their performance, um, and, you know, granted like it, they're, you know, reservists and we were talking towards the end of the end of the discussion. We were like, Hey man, so when was the last time you touched a sniper rifle before you came here? Some of those guys, it was a year. Right. So four years. yeah, there was one dude, four years. Um, you know, uh, Larry hadn't been behind a bolt gun in since 2013. Yeah. Right. So Seven years. yeah. So, um, it's just, it just goes to show though, that if the, if the, if those pathways are built, right, the they're, they're there, they've already existed. We just got to knock some rust off of them okay. and get them back in, into the mix. And that's where, like that we understand that and so that's why we do harp on things like the fundamental principles um there's no like um you know i think in in any aspect of of anything right so like i learned about it in in skydiving when i got licensed you know i wanted to just go learn how to free fly and like fly on my head and do the sit fly stuff and and like the guys who taught me how to skydive are professional skydive instructors, right? Thousands and thousands of jumps. They do it every single day. Um, they're military free fall instructors. They were my mentors and they were like, don't fucking do that. 
Don't fucking do that. You go fly in your belly for at least, you know, 100, 150 skydives before you even think about trying to do anything like that. Learn the foundation first. And I was like, oh, okay, well, fuck yeah, that makes total sense, right? And it just sometimes you got to get jerked back into it and be like, oh, you know, I don't want to get caught up in the glow um, and realize that like, yeah, I might be able to do that. But uh, case in point, you know, like there's, there was one jumper that they had that um, he's a civilian skydiver. He had a few hundred skydives, but then, then like his belly flying skills were atrocious because he didn't learn those foundational principles of how to fly his belly through the sky nearly as much as he did in another way. And so, um, you know, those skills are necessary and, you know, and so it, it all makes sense because when we think, when we start talking about the neuro pathways, that's why we harp on the fundamentals so much because that's where those things are built. And when we're, they're built on this really super strict adherence to the fundamentals. So that way we learn, we learn, to know what right feels like. And that way we're actually, we're wiring the house the way that we want it to be wired. You know, it's like you, you screw up wiring a switch in your house. That's like, that can be super expensive. You know what I mean? Like that's going to take some time to fix that shit. So let's just make sure that before we put anything over the, over the studs, that the wiring is fucking done right, man. Day one is day, day one is also uh, always a humbling experience for those guys because again we we shoot paper, we we let them find out the capabilities of the rifle, uh, and themselves, and um, you know even yeah, th some of the other you know things that we were discovering is um, you know just zeroing right and and um, not understanding the difference on how to adjust or set the zero for the premiere and first of the mm -hmm. Schmidt meter, mm -hmm. which I, I feel looking back uh, as an institutional nightmare, right? Because again, just going back to the fucking average Lance Corporal that, you know, jumps onto a side platoon and whatnot. And, you know, he's fucking got two different scope systems that he has to try to figure out how to fucking, you know, navigate through. It's, you know, it's like, okay, do you, do you blame the Lance Corporal or it's like, it's like, why, why? Uh, so I'm questioning like why we went there as an institution, you know, to continue to confuse the fuck out of us. Right. So let's think about it from a different perspective though and say, all right. So as an example, look at scopes. You just, you use that as, as your example. The dudes have two different types of scopes to learn. Um, how many types of scopes do we as teachers in the civilian world have to be proficient at knowing oh, of how they work? I right? do. Yeah, but, a lot. Yeah. But guess what? They all operate on the same general principle, right? They all operate on the same general principle. The outer turret is secured to the erector, the adjustment of the erector system of the scope, right? So like once we understand how that fundamentally works and how like that, like that design works, you can pretty much navigate your way around any scope, right? You, yeah. you know what to do. And there are some of them out there that, that are, um, some of the Schmidt and vendors can be a real pain in the ass to, to get slipped and the fucking ring and the, the little slidey green thing for the double rotation. I forget the model of that Schmidt and bender. Um, 
but as I mean, the vast majority of scopes all work the same way, right? So I can see, like I can take a scope from Athlon and a, you know, a Vortex and, you know, a Night Force and, and a Schmidt and Bender and a Loophole and a Collis and put them all together. And, and like, as long as I have the tools to, 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 to free up the turrets, we can do what we need to do with them. So it's almost yeah. like they have to learn the fun that again, it goes right back to the fundamentals, right? Like, Hey, how does a fucking scope work guys? It work. Yeah. How the yeah. fuck does this thing work? Yeah. Right. So like, I remember learning like how a BDC worked, but then I didn't understand what was really actually happening inside the scope. And I didn't learn that for a long time. Like I didn't learn that for a long time. Um, and then it was like, oh, fuck, man. Well, I guess if I were to learn this shit right off the get-go, uh, a lot of stuff would have been a lot easier for me to digest, right? Which is why it is always better to learn the why behind things. Uh, uh, maybe not always. There are some things that's like, it's like ballistic coefficient. Okay, well, learning the why of a ballistic coefficient is, that's there if you want to learn, but do you have to know it to be successful? No, not really. No, you need. You don't need to know why it got derived or how it got derived, right? Yeah, you don't need you, to know, know the mathematical formula. You yeah. know what it is, right? But not the why. But a, but a rifle scope, it's like, hey, dude, we need to we need to know how this fucking thing works, right? Yeah. So that way we can either you know we can learn how to adjust it and then learn how to more importantly troubleshoot it. So because you're gonna run into problems with it eventually, and I think it's just again it goes back to that saying, okay, like where are the training standards? who's designing the training standards and who, who is, who is taking the active role of looking outside the outside the organization to make sure that we're always staying at the forefront of, of what is happening with, uh, with the state of the art, like, where is it? And it goes, it goes right back to what we were talking to with, uh, I think this is a great time to like, kind of, um, to to jump into like the conclusion of part one here and um like what is a rifleman like what are the skills what what should what should a guy or a girl or a rifleman um be able to do with a rifle and under what standards right and i think that's a super important question because it's not even like i think there's some people that have been that have talked about it but and they have but it's almost like um it's definitely the cart before the horse. They want to test you on the end state and not how you got there. Whereas we want to, we want to set a standard for everything, right? How do you actually yeah. get there? How do you get to the end? Because yeah. it's not always about the end game. You got to, you got to learn how to get to the end game. You know, I, and, and again, um, what's cool is, is that, the podcast, I think it was, was it, I think it was our last podcast that we did and we talked about standards and how there's really no standards mm -hmm. in the, the long range industry. Yeah. And honestly that, that, that really took off because, um, Frank Galley and, uh, the CR2, um, Chris Ransom, Christopher Roberts kind of, um, followed up on that on, on, on an everyday sniper podcast. I was listening to the other day reloading. Um, which guys, thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for expanding out on that. And it, I think it's super important for not only our community of snipers to, to hear, but even just the, the industry as a, as a whole is, you know, when you de decide to dive into the, the, 
the sport of long range shooting and precision rifle shooting, what, what, you know, the questions you should ask yourself is, all right, as a, as a modern day rifleman or as a rifleman or a long range hunter, what should I be expected to know? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that is what we're trying to figure out. And I, I feel like we've got a, say about a 90% solution to yeah, it. It's, it's I, there, man. Um, it's it's, it's right there. I think, I think, I think grading it is just the, the trickiest part because we're, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with uh, uncertainty in terms of wind, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, if, if those students get caught on a bad day in this modern day sniper qual that we, or modern day rifleman sniper qual that we just came up with, I mean, it could be fucking hellacious. Right. Are they going to fail? Are they going to fail as a result of it? Right. But, uh, you know, one thing that I've been brainstorming, is like, all right, well, let's, let's, let's look at it like this. If an instructor does it with them every time, you know, in terms of starting from scratch, right. And we're going to go to this is what we did for the sniper evaluation, uh, probably on the next episode, but if the, if the instructor goes and does the evaluation with them, because when you did the evaluation with the students, mm -hmm. you, you obviously you, you score the highest, um, but then you take your score instead of it being out of a hundred, right? Cause that's obviously the total amount of points, you know, your score now becomes a hundred, right? So you right. got 95% out of a hundred. Did you yep. see my text that I said that sent you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, and then essentially it would scale from there just like at a precision rifle match, right? It's like, all right, there was 200 possible points, but the winner got 190. So right. that's now the hundred. So that's now the hundred, right? And then how right. does every school? But, and this is why, like, I want to get away from the eighty percent because it's like, I've been to matches where, like, you know, I just had a terrible time or whatever. We didn't even make the the eighty percent of the match directors, you know, total possible points, but I barely made eighty percent. It's been a while since I've done that. Yep. I'm usually in, like the higher echelon of eighty percent, but you know, I know some mid pack guys that are phenomenal shooters that just had a bad day, right? In, in right. terms of win and whatnot. And they like they were scoring like 75, 70% of the um of the the, the winner shooter. Does mm -hmm. that make them a bad shooter? You know what I mean? I know that they're completely competent in being able to engage targets from zero to six hundred, you know what I mean, without the aid of reference and put their rifle together. They just got you know, they just had a bad couple of days or whatever. So it's like you know, I wanted to get away from the institutionalized mindset of 80% is the, is the standard. Yeah. No, it's good. It's, it's good because it needs to go, it needs to go away because, well, I mean, if it's, if it stays and there's a good reason for it to stay, then sure, fine, whatever. But they're just, it just can't be because you yeah, have to, yeah. you, you got to be like, all right, man. So like, why is this? What, what are we accomplishing with this 80% and where does this yeah. magical fucking number come from? Just because just because you pass eighty percent doesn't mean that you know you're consistent with it, or you you still don't. I mean, you could just be a talented shooter. Yeah, you and I you know I get the I get the standpoint of saying okay, like the match scoring, saying all right, well, um, you know, perhaps the conditions were such that the you know the top ranking shooter at that particular event was able to score eighty percent of the total targets right so then quite clearly that's the benchmark of performance so for for that particular event with that many with that many shooters or whatever the case is so yeah that makes that makes sense i can see that from that perspective that is that is very logical yeah so 
um, in the next episode or part two, I think we'll name it the modern day sniper basic Well, I, I think I would say, like I said, 90%, I'm, I'm pretty confident in, in, cause I was bouncing off the idea with, for, uh, with, uh, Frank and he likes, he likes the, the yardage that we were at. I told him mm -hmm. we did no distance and no distance. And, you know, I think he was in agreements cause I think that's a realistic standard for modern precision rifles. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to share with you guys. And, you know, once we, once we release it out, um, you know, maybe you guys can try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when, when it, especially when it comes to in-person classes, mm -hmm. if, if you guys are, you know, because I get a lot of questions like, Hey, Phil, you know, I feel like I'm already fundamentally sound. Um, you know, the PR one one you know, I know it's nice to revisit the fundamentals, but I feel like I'm ready for 201. What's expected of me. All right, this X, Y, and Z is expected of you. Maybe be able to set a rifle up, be able to understand how to validate your trajectory, X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? If, and if you can't do that, then you're going to slow down the rest of the class. Yep. That's just the reality of it is. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not trying to be an asshole. It's just, that's just what it is. It's like now you're, you're taking away from the rest of the students because your inability to perform these basic level skills. Yep. Agreed. It's one of those things that, yeah, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the, the dude to have to say it, but it's just like, yeah, man, you know, you, you need to be at a baseline in order for us to, uh, in order for us to progress. And I think that this is a really good way forward. And I like that it covers all the bases and it's not just focused on the end game. It's saying, Hey man, you got to be able to accomplish all of these tasks to get to here first. And nobody should, Nobody should hold your, nobody should have to hold your hand to get there. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Like having to, you know, having to dope your rifle, like how many people out there th that we know can't, can't dope their, can't dope their rifle, but they, but they'll say that they can shoot long range. I would say, I, I'm going to take a swing and a guess here, but, but I know for every shooter that I've seen in my squad, out of 10 shooters, two or three of them are pulling from hard data in terms of actually writing it down. The other seven, guess what they're doing? They're yeah. fucking thumbing through the cash roll and shit like that. Yep. Um, and, you know, I uh, <laughs> I saw on, on fucking Basie's, my Spacey, Basie, whatever, some guy was like, Hey, what do you guys use to record uh, data? You know, what type of, and again, I don't, I don't have a data book. And then people were like, oh, just use a fucking ballistic app. Blah, 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 right? but, okay, yeah, I use a ballistic app too. And I was like, I was like, hey man, honestly, I use three by three by five note cards to mm -hmm. write, my, write my data now. And guess what? Like, because I've done that religiously for probably the last 25 matches, I've got fucking... I've got 25 dope cards. <laughs> yeah. I, I yep. really do, you know, and, and, and it's, is it going to get me like, you know, fucking point A and point A back? There's a couple matches where like I'd be point one or point two off. It's going to get me in the, the general area. Yep. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to, I'm going to see my impact and I'm going to make an adjustment from there, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to live in, and, and this is where I think a lot of uh, fucking shooters get so hung up is you know, they don't write their data down and, mm -hmm. you know, they get so lost in the Kestrel and they just ultimately, they, they, they stick to it. They don't believe, they don't, yep. they don't make adjustments as necessary. They're like, I've, I've been to a match where 
it's like, you know, I, I didn't true my data right or whatever. And, you know, I go to a stage, boom, I'm fucking high. Okay, I shoot again, boom, I'm high. All right, let me come down. Go down, uh, finish the rest of the stage, go to another stage. Okay, maybe that was just me. So I, I dial on the, the the dope that's written on my dope card, right? And then I, I do it again, but boom, my, my uh, I'm high again. Now in my head, okay, I'm trending high consistently regardless I'm on 400 or fucking 600 yards. So yep. guess what I'm going to do the rest of the day? I'm going to come down two tenths, right? Yep. But I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to sit there and like, take the fucking petrol to the grave with me because yep. this is what it fucking supposed to, supposed to, supposed to, um, um, happen. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. There's so, a lot of that. There's a lot of that out there. So but, that's our, that's our job, man. It's our job to break you away from that stuff. What you got so your hands there? Get I me. got, dude, I have, I have a shiny, very, very sleek looking American rifle company, CeeLo chassis. Um, complete with the weight kit um this thing is pretty baller i'm gonna dump an action into it this coming week and um take it to the range and put it through its paces i think we're gonna do a little video content on this one made by my man ted courageous weight. he said weight kit there's a weight kit in this thing he sent it to me full meal deal man i told you guys i just might. i think that thing that that thing was heavy I just might be going to the dark side. It's going to be fun. But um, yeah, so I'm excited to put this thing through its paces. You know, Ted, Ted is a, Ted's a genius when it comes to machining and he's a genius when it comes to engineering. I love all of his rifle actions. Um, I've seen a bunch of iterations of the CeeLo um, over the years as he's, as he's gotten it to where it is now. And, um, the, the rendition that he has is really, really cool. So I'm excited to check it out. I'm excited for you to shoot it and show, uh, show us. So yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Hey guys. Uh, thanks for listening in. Um, tune in on Thursday, uh, to, uh, the, the webinar. Um, again, we can't thank you guys enough for the support and the love, uh, that you guys have, uh, for us. Um, we love what we do and, um, you guys know the drill. Keep your face in the wind. Later.